Hello, Scotty. Hello, Mr. Fox. I am recording, and I hope you're recording, because you're... I am recording. All right. I, as, uh, I have just come into my, my room and uh, shut the door, and uh, I said on my way into the room to Matt and Sam, I'm just going into my office to record a moment of audio genius. <laughs> um, to, to which they responded, I didn't know you'd started another podcast. They really said that? <laughs> they did. God, you know... <laughs> Forget that. You know what? Forget that. Nobody's talking about their podcast at UC Santa Cruz, and they and I suspect Lyle, our faithful colleague and, and fractional listener who started teaching at UC Santa Cruz a course on podcasting, I'm willing to bet that at some point he at least mentions his poor colleague um, <laughs> who's so, so down on his luck that his recording studio is his bedroom next to his slobbering dog. And he has a barely working field <laughs> recorder. But that, so, so basically says that even anybody can do it. If these idiots can do it, anybody can do it and do it a lot better. <laughs> Possibly. And he's only going to talk to uh, his colleague, of course, because he won't talk to me because um, I totally because you didn't answer him. his yeah. email from about six months ago. You had your chance um, of, of being I, I welcome to the firmament. Prepared, I have a response prepared for him. I just keep forgetting to film it. So, All right. It's... Uh, uh, I will I will get there in the end. Lyle, I, I will get back to you it, by time. It's of absolutely no relevance to you at all. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, how's your week been? What have you been up to, sir? Well, uh, kind of the usual thing, feeling like I'm getting a little bit back in the swing of things. There are, are, are structural changes, kind of architectural and stack changes of plenty going on, which is nice. I told, I think we, we had said in, in our new year, a new, new decade, pedants, you know, notwithstanding, um, uh, that I'd be working more in Swift. So I, I've started going down that path, which is um, interesting. And I feel, um, I feel like I'm, I'm not swimming very swiftly at the moment. Ha ha. It is, uh, it is quite a tough transition because I think it is a lot more demanding to write than Objective C, as it, it requires you to. You know, be more specific about things, especially in its type safety type of stuff. Um, however, learning anything is, you know, or, or transitioning to anything is is quite difficult, uh, or, or, or takes time. Because I, I sort of remember when I initially made the transition from C sharp, which was my my language back in the sort of uh, early two thousands to Objective C around two thousand five two thousand and six. So that would have still been. Objective C one, because um, it had only been around for twenty five years then, so it was obviously still on one point zero. And it took me it took me a long time to really not understand. I understand. I understood messages and um, the fact that everything was ID and the fact that you could, you know, um, you know, send you know messages that didn't exist and all that. Uh, but it took a long time before that became just the natural way I thought about things. And it wasn't about knowing the language. I learned the syntax of Objective-C in a day and, you know, didn't, you, know, you can learn a language quite quickly. Um, obviously, learning the frameworks, learning Cocoa is a, is a longer thing. But learning the, the syntax of the language and having it just feel like your norm and your and being comfortable and being productive as you were in something else, yeah, that takes a that takes a long time. And actually, sometimes 
when everything's brand new, say like I was moving from .NET to um, to Cocoa, uh, um, it was you know you you expected to research and look everything up. I think yeah, when you're just changing a language but using the same framework, so you're still using Cocoa Touch. Is it still called Cocoa Touch on iOS? That's I have no idea. I, I, yeah, um, but I always just, refer just to you, it as you UI like kit. it. UI kit, yeah. I, I still, I, I'm old school. I call Cocoa and Cocoa Touch, UI kit and app kit, I guess. Um, but it's, um, you, you, cause so you sort of expect you know what you're doing. But of course, because Swift um, restructures sometimes the way you pass the parameters or other ways of doing it, yeah, it, it, it can become a little bit clumsy there as well. So it will take time. And, and part of the problem is if you're, flipping from Objective-C to Swift and you're not actually doing that much Swift, it takes a lot longer to um, for that to become normal to you. I mean, I had the benefit of uh, a client that wanted a new project done in Swift. This was for Swift 1, um, almost, you know, probably about two months after Swift was announced at DubDub. So I basically went straight into like three or four months of just using Swift um, it took a, a, a while, and of course, it wasn't anywhere near as nice then. And the Cocoa um, uh, integration wasn't as good as it is now. Um, but it took a long time to become uh, comfortable. But I was doing a solid Swift-only thing. If you're flipping, it, it takes even longer. So yeah, and I think that's why some people don't do it because they just everyone's on tight deadlines. And they just don't want to sort of lose that productivity. Yeah, and this is a case where. Uh, where I'm, I'm basically, you know, rewriting something because it's 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 a way of doing it. There are lots of different ways to to learn it, but you have to be pragmatic about it. And and you know, uh, I don't think it's going to perform any better. I don't know necessarily that it will be more maintained. I mean, I I I buy 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 many things about Swift. If 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 for nothing else, just because of the type safety. You know, I was sold on it from from a long time. I was never not sold on Swift. I was never one of these, you know, from my cold, dead, bracketed hands kind of guys. It was just practical because I think, you know, in the end, the customer just couldn't care less. And so um, I think that still you could, you could, if especially if you have a large code base, you could still continue to write very good maintainable Objective-C apps for, for quite some time. Um, but since I want for my own, if you know, partly for my own kind of, you know, brain development, if nothing else, it's, it's good to learn new instruments or to learn new musical styles or to learn new languages. So for, for that, if for that alone, I'm also happy to do it. But in the case when you're rewriting something, it, 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 it's frustrating because you say, I, I could do this very, very quickly in the old way. And, and now I have to, 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 to do it in the new way. And, and also I think it just takes time before you feel like you're writing Swifty code. And part of that, you know, the, the stuff that makes it less Swifty, I suppose, is if you have to worry about how things bridge to Objective-C. So even that, it's just, it's, you just have to, I think if you're going to do it, you have to resign yourself. The shit's going to take a long time and you're going to feel stupid. Yeah. The, the interop, the interop, I mean, the interop between Objective-C and Swift is very good. But um, it can be problematic. Um, you know, I think if you, when you just want your Swift classes to access some old Objective-C classes, that's fine. Or if you just want your Objective-C classes to access some new Swift classes, that's fine. Once you start having your new Swift classes and your old Objective-C classes talk both ways to each other and include each other, the whole 
swift.h import file and everything you can you can get you can get into circular reference hell quite easy um yeah so it, it's less you know i think i think your reasons for going to swift are and trying swift are good um you're on a project where there are you know lots of people working on it so it's um uh, you know, there's always going to be things in the code that are not the way you'd have done them or whatever else, so you don't have to worry about introducing something new. There's always new stuff going on. I think if I was in a code base that was just mine and only me working on it and it was an Objective-C, I would probably just keep it an Objective-C, even though I love Swift. Um, well, I love maybe too strong word. Enjoy and, and like Swift. Um, yeah, but it's, 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 yeah, there we are. Yeah. Partly because of mind swap as well and things. I mean, I've been having this problem uh, this week that, um, or just today actually, that you know, I I we, I, I waxed lyrical. Um, was it last year or the end of the year before? You know, about Docker and and testing and, and all this stuff in Docker and and I've had to test something in Docker today because I'm doing some sort of cross-platform Swift work and I wanted to make sure that um uh, everything ran on Linux. Um, as well as on uh, Mac OS. Uh, and so I hadn't done anything with, with Docker for a long, long time. And it's it's suddenly like, you know, I might as well be starting again. And I think this is part of the problem. If you if you learn something, and I put a lot of time into learning a lot of the Docker and Kubernetes stuff and the and the Swift Linux stuff, uh, you know, back in um, whenever it was. Uh, and because I haven't done any for probably at least six months, maybe even longer, it's like all that time is almost like wasted. Not wasted because I achieve some stuff time, but it's like it, it's almost like it, it. It feels like it never happened. Now, I'm sure that's not true because you know I actually know what Docker is. I actually know how Docker works. I actually know you know some of the things in principle that you have to do to make uh, to make things work with Docker. So I, I, I guess I probably remember no more than I think I do. But because I am so stuck of not being able to do anything without looking it up or or trying to get help, it feels like I know uh, nothing about it, and that's incredibly frustrating. And I think back to all the time I spent on it, and it's just like, well, you know, how do you how do you maintain these skills that you learn if you if you're really so busy on other stuff? There must be a way of yeah. I must have a Docker hour once a week or something just to make sure that it stays there. But then, you know, what if you have 25 things? That's now 25 hours a week. And, well, that doesn't leave, you know, that takes up a huge chunk. So, you know, uh, maybe it's just age. Maybe 20 years ago, I'd have come back to Docker six months later and everything would have been cool. And, you know, my young brain would have just gone, way, that's good. And now my old and manky and um, (laughs) alcohol-infused brain... (laughs) It's just saying, sod you, I can't remember what you did yesterday, let alone six months ago. So, there we are. It's a, it's a problem. And I had the same uh, this week. I um, I took a day out to work just on uh, Moneywell um, from, from client work. And because of vacation and the Christmas break and having some pretty intense client work just before the, the holidays, meaning I wasn't getting into money well at all. I probably hadn't even personally been in the money well code base for about a month. Um, and I still had a whole whole bunch of open um, issues I was working on. And I went back there and it was like, what is this app I'm looking at? <laughs> I, I have I have no idea how any of this was working that I was trying to write. 
Um, and I was still working. This was uh, uh, working with Firestore and uh, and a whole bunch of other stuff. Uh, so it was, um, yeah. And I thought, well, you know, I, I've set aside a big chunk of time to get back into it in, in the very near future um, for some certain things that we just need to get get finished. So I, I decided, well, I've only got a day. I'm going to go and do something actually new another ticket so that i actually can get something done because trying to work out what i was doing in these old tickets a month ago is going to just my day will be gone before i even do anything with it so yeah it might just be age it might be just i'm stupid um it might be that this is just a problem of juggling technologies and products i don't know it could be all of them was that the new title where i'm stupid and old and can't juggle (laughs) but i am capable of making awesome audio (laughs) that's true Oh, so uh, talking of money, well, again, remember we said, um, uh, I said back before Christmas that we decided to go for SQLite and, and drop core data. Uh, but of course, we we uh, need to allow uh, current customers with instances of MoneyWell, um, uh, instances of MoneyWell, with, <laughs> who use MoneyWell and have MoneyWell documents to migrate to the new system so uh yeah i i i i spent the days beginning to write an importer to import from the current manual documents to our, our our new documents so now all the lovely clean code is full of core data stuff again oh no <laughs> so, in its own isolated place uh but the uh yeah the annoying warnings that i was getting from the um uh, some of the older models uh, and now back into the project, and that upsets me because I don't like warnings. I'm a. I would love to have. I would love to turn on uh, treat errors as warning uh, warnings as errors, but just can't be done. Really makes me quite sad. That is sad. But Scotty, would you like to be made happy? Are you going to make me happy? Yeah. Excellent. Go for it. Okay, Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. Guess what? Guess what? Guess what? I don't know, Joel. What? 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 I got tickets. Two tickets, including a meet and greet to go. Um, here, Gary Grouper can perform. That's exciting. Do you don't know who Gary Grouper is? No idea. <laughs> he's, he's similar to Freddie Fishstick. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> oh, okay. You yeah. mean Joe it's Crabtree. All, it's, 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 all, it's all clicking into place. <laughs> <laughs> Slowly, I know, but I'm so the, pleased the, to the come ocean up with the... of, 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 <laughs> of the, the ocean is washing over, and the uh, <laughs> everything is falling into place. <laughs> so, the, so, oh, so, so, dear listener, this is what you can get for not only listening but reaching out to us. We will find twelve ways across multiple episodes to to mispronounce your name in whimsical fashions, and if you perform in some fashion. You know, and if you have an app, we'll buy your app. We'll talk about it. We'll maybe even help you with some things, and then we'll be happy to meet you. Now, now, poor you know Gary Grouper may not be very happy. To hear me. <laughs> you're going to get there, and you're not even going to remember his real gonna, name. Just like, hey, <laughs> you're going to call him something totally and utterly wrong. Yes, but I will do it in front of his bandmates, who, who, yes. you know, who are probably you know quite a bit older than him, and they'll laugh. So. <laughs> No, they will look at you and say, who is this demented old person you've invited for the meet and greet? (laughs) Probably. Well, he didn't invite me. My money invited myself. But anyway, no, I actually am looking forward to it. I keep seeing new developments in Polynome. And one of the new features that looks really cool, which I would like to start using, 
is the thing for for doing uh, playback. Oh, sorry, rather kind of just rem- just remind people what polynomials is because polynomials believe it believe it or not, our listener doesn't listen every week. Oh, right, and may have no idea what we're talking also. about. Yeah. Now so, the 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 in joke of uh, somebody's name, we we we'll just let that slide because it's just really not worth explaining. <laughs> But what polynomials we better explain? Polynomials is this amazing app. It's like the 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 most dreamy metronome app that that you could imagine, and that alone would have been great because what it allows you to do is to to subdivide your rhythm so you can play. You know, you, you, if you're trying to figure out how to play complex rhythms or polyrhythms, there's no substitute for it, but, and you can assign any any sound you want. So most metronomes are like, where they you know they they have a very limited set of sounds, but here you could have you know one of the rhythms applied as a clave another one could be a bass drum and so it makes it, it much easier to, to figure out how to do these things and so then it became a type of uh, it morphed from that into a tool that's really great for for the gigging drummer and, and the the practicing drummer so that you can have these exercises that you can do which can help you either warm up or maintain your chops when you're on the road and when you're actually performing and this is a, a relatively new feature is something it's a dream that you know you to, to maintain consistent tempos when you're performing is actually a difficult thing to do you know, it's not a problem for software. And if you're a, a wetware drummer and you don't want to get replaced by by software, you kind of have to adapt to, to, to the realities of how music is composed and, and more importantly performed, where things are done regularly to a click track. And you may also need to have, you know, control MIDI, MIDI triggers that, that are, are going to make sounds or, or orchestrations or something play so that if you're playing something on the road that you can reproduce the, the complexity of what was recorded in the studio. But even if you don't use those things, even agreeing on a tempo uh, when you're playing can, can and, and maintaining its consistency can be a little bit tricky. So this new feature allows you to set the tempo and have a, a kind of a set list, which is easy to read, you know, when you from, from a distance, like a classic, you know, written with Sharpie marker on a piece of paper and taped at the bottom of your of the floor where your drums are you can have the digital version of it except for it will give you a visual count off or if you're having it in the monitor you can you know you can hear it that is a great grand and glorious feature and so you know i think in in the case of polynome and other indie apps that were done out of love and 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 passion for something you know, maybe the, the first iterations, the code is not as great as you'd want to be. Maybe it's terrible, but it ships and it works. And it's 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 easier to refine a product that has an audience because they have features that, that, that they love and support that helps them use them than it is to have perfect code where you spend all your time making it, you know, beautiful for you, but nobody, nobody other than you and maybe Xcode's warning uh, system, and, you know, you know and, and the compiler cares that it's it's perfect. So that's that's my guess what guess what and so a shout out to to Gary Grouper no wait Freddie Fishstick no Sam Salmon no no wait Joe Crabtree that's his name and that's why I go this stupid seafood thing because he's a great guy <laughs> but he probably hates you no but see the thing is is that he can't even be bought he's he's much too busy doing useful things to even listen to to get angry but one 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 day my fondest dream and and i hope somebody in the universe can make this happen somewhere i think in the, in the uk there is some portion of fractional listeners and so i i dream of of somebody coming up who who's another fractional listener and then says wait you're gary gruber i heard about you on iDeveloper. <laughs> that would be funny uh, <laughs> oh, that would that would, would be for unlikely, but but yeah. funny. <laughs> there yeah. we are, Tommy Tuna. There we are. Of course, when he does finish touring and writing his app, and he's got enough money, you're going to get some sort of 
a cease and desist letter from a very expensive lawyer. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. Yeah, so, uh, anything, any, you've solved any bugs this week? Or, I mean, is it just, when you're, you say you're using Swift. So we're jumping all over the place, but that's just the nature of conversational podcasts, I guess. So, I mean, if you set yourself, I mean, if you set yourself a very specific task and you'll say, this is, I'm going to do this in Swift in order to learn Swift. And did you choose the task just because it was a good way of learning Swift? Or did you say, well, I need to do this. I might as well learn Swift. Yeah. How did you approach it? Well, there, 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 there is something that's a shipping feature and we, we just did another round of AB tests on this feature. And so we have some learnings and so, Part of the things that, that we want to do is to, to, to make changes to what we already have and to be able to, to make it so you can go in different directions. And so the, re- the reality is, is this thing that started out life as a table view and, and, and performs nicely and, and, and does everything it needs to do. Um, I did some work so that instead of having the, the, the instead of having a code and, and, and layout in, in, in a table view cell, you know, a table cells uh, subclass. I moved it out into its own view. I think we talked about it before. So it had a view so that you could then, you know, pass a view model to that view and have it set all the values and 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 push them on screen. And so that, that those views, these these kind of I refer to them as cell views. They they don't specifically belong to either a table view or a cell or or a collection view cell, or, um, but they can live on their own, which makes them more flexible to be able to put them anywhere you want. So now what I was have been working on is to 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 adapt a new architecture and a new set of protocols for for dealing with these types of of lists, um, and so it, it just makes it a little bit more flexible and in how we can we can deploy these these canvases in different parts of the app because that's a lot of what we we do. You know, it's it, you know it, it's hard building an app with multiple tabs um, because you're you're constantly running out of tab space. Um, there's only so much vertical space you can have, especially with labels that in in expansive languages take up more space. So we we have to try and figure out. You know, it, it, it's it's not uncommon for for apps for for users of apps with tabs to almost never go to another tab. Um, just practically speaking, I think Facebook is a pretty good example. I mean, the first tab is is the feed, and there are other tabs, for instance, watching Facebook videos and other ones for settings and 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 memories and you know whatever settings and things of that nature mentions. Um, <clears throat> so, if when that's the case, you really do have to 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 you know move the canvases you want into the views that people are already using. Um, and so there was a, a nice system, a nice architecture that's been developed for doing that. So I have to ad- adapt something I worked on to that. Um, and so, and at the same time for, for, for other reasons, because of some other stack changes that we're making, the, the, the fellow who developed that is also, you know, rewriting portions of it in Swift. So we kind of decided that, well, we may as well both kind of meet in the middle, um, and we will both be learning and, and, and thank gosh, um, that there are other people on the team who have, who have come with doing a lot more, uh, Swift exclusively and using some of these patterns, um, so that they can uh, help us learn and help us get up to speed. But in this particular case, the way we'll end up getting deployed is is with a systems test, so we can basically deploy what appears to the end user as the same feature, but one will be, you know, coded in one way, the other one will be in Swift, and, and they're, they're both going to use the same code because they're, we're not going to rewrite the whole universe. So, there's, you know, they're both going to end up doing a, a bunch of code, or rather executing the same code in some ways, but in other parts of it, you know, will be different. 
Um, so you just have to make sure that there's no de deleterious effects to our, our 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 users. And unlike unlike you know the the iDeveloper podcast, the Netflix iOS app actually has many users. Um, and so <laughs> <laughs> and, probably a few more than we do. Yeah. A few more, and 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 around the world, and people seem to actually really love it and and talk effusively about it. So, but uh, all their users don't have nicknames. No, they don't. You know, it would be it would take a long time. I would there there aren't enough fish in the sea and sea creatures to be able to come up with with punny names on them. But uh, so that's that. The other thing is is uh, I'm also entering another phase of 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 a feature that is not something. It's something that's just going to be done. I mean, and uh, doing bug bashes on that. And this is a pretty complicated thing that touches. It goes across the entire service, um, so there's a lot of testing that needs to be done to make sure that the interactions work smoothly, and and that's you know some of the challenges of having a, a service that extends across you know multiple devices, some of which are are parked. I mean, we have versions of our our you know there, there's a parked version of our iOS app for people who are running the small number of people who are running devices that can't be upgraded. So there's a last version of an app um, that's available for that. So th these are some of the issues you, you run into when you have apps that are at scale and, and have been around for a while. So you have to test to see what the interactions of, of, of those are. Um, so that's that's something I've been working on this week as well. So you mentioning that the, uh, there are many parts of an app that people will just never switch into, particularly if you've just said tabs, people might never leave a tab. I mean, you know, what we have no analytics in many while of, the current version of Moneywell of what's being used and not being used. And, uh, yeah, Moneywell is a, a, an app that's sort of over 10 years old, masses of features in it. And, um, the next version of Moneywell is, is a migration of the old one. So we, we abandoned the old code base cause we wanted to make sure everything was clean. Um, and decided to uh, not rewrite as such, but to migrate, um, uh, so, so we bring in across stuff and features. So we're not making, major changes to it but we're what we're effectively doing is we're adding uh, a couple of major new or re, uh, reintroduced features such as syncing um, but at the same time we're doing a massive cleanup on the code base so that we have an application that is um, uh, good for us to work on for the next 10 years um, because you know it was a 10 year old code base it was showing its age thinking of how you could massively progress that for 10 years is um, you know, is a hard choice. So because we had to do some fundamental core work, we made that decision. Now, the the thing is, is yeah, you know, we want to go to alpha, um, or a very early beta with a, with a few people, and then a larger beta with more people over over the next um, x number of months. Uh, and you know, it, I'm arguing that really, you know, we should probably go just move core features things we know is absolutely core and then stick stuff into beta and wait and see how many people start shouting because there must be over a 10-year um, development period with lots of um, lots of new features and some quite obscure there must be loads of features in there that really no one is using um, or aren't very widely used or are incredibly complicated but only six people use type of thing um, and i and you know the reality is the old user base of Moneywell are already totally and utterly fed up because there was no updates for a long time. Uh, those who are around are very hardcore. Um, so we will find out who's using what through those people on, on a beta test. So actually, you know, just allowing features to drop out if they've not been used, because as I said, there's a lot of apps 
you know, I think when was where there is lots of stuff that's not being used. Um, but the problem is that if you start putting out betas that are missing loads of features that people turns out they do use, does that then create this whole "oh, this thing is a part of crap" <laughs> type of support process you have to go through? So it's it's quite difficult. But knowing what feature, no, knowing whether we should just one hundred percent replicate the current manual feature set wise with you know is or just drop a bunch of stuff and see what happens is quite a challenge for us as a as a sort of software choice at the moment and again i think this is i've said this lots of times over the last 12 months you know the hardest thing about software development is deciding what to develop and not develop and how to develop it it's got nothing to do with writing code absolutely well i saw something that made me laugh uh it was some tweet saying that hey feeling lonely haven't talked to your distance friends families exes in a long time use this <laughs> go to the, the 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 settings page of of netflix on the web and tap sign out of all devices <laughs> and <you'll, it's, laughs> so i think you from your family quite quickly <laughs> i think it's just so funny so i think i mean you could do something similar the the lesson for that for indie developers is just to ship one you know ship one feature and see who and and see who complains and then that will give you some guidance yeah i think we'll do that and it would and i think the fact that things are missing will give us a uh, some feedback because people will notice that so one other thing just to finish today um we've got a couple of minutes um is we had a conversation this week about uh diligent robots year end financial year end is the end of february and i'm not sure how it works in other countries but if you buy things like hardware you get to write them down in the tax year you buy them and in whatever else so really if if we are thinking of buying any new hardware or any expensive you know equipment investments we should do it before the end of february not after the end of february because we'll get the tax right down a year quicker that may have not made any sense but it basically is a better thing to do so we're saying well do we need to buy any hardware um now i use a laptop uh, a 15 inch macbook pro in fact at the moment i have to use a client laptop um and then i have my uh own diligent robot laptop but that became a bit of a pain so we spoke a couple of months ago about how i now do all my diligent robot work by booting off of an SSD drive and a USB-C port off the client laptop. So I've never put any of my own stuff on the client laptop. I just basically use it as the the host hardware, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, it means I can just travel with one laptop and in, in whatever else. And to be honest, I don't really enjoy working off a laptop. Um, I think that it feels quite slow compared to what I used to use, the iMac. Um the whole plugging it into a monitor and everything is not as nice. Uh, the fans spin up quite regularly using Swift, um, so so it, it's 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 okay, but it's not brilliant. But that's what I have to do. Um, but for Matt and Sam, uh, they currently use iMacs, uh, and we were saying, well, do we need to buy? Do we need to upgrade our hardware? Um, and we came to the conclusion, well, no, we don't need to upgrade our hardware. Now, why am I saying this? Because the thing is, these iMacs are first-generation 5K iMacs. So they, the, we bought these iMacs in 2014. Uh, so they are in their sixth year, and they are still amazingly good development machines that we feel no um, pressure to update. Uh, and I actually just uh, wanted to give a shout-out to actually how good the iMac is by the fact... Okay, in fairness, we, we bought top-end specs, we bought the top processors... Um, at the time, you could go SSD or 
spinning disks. Obviously, we went SSDs. Uh, we got good amounts of memory in them, um, uh, the maximum at the time. So I think 32 gig um, at the time. So there, but the fact that these machines are six years old and they still run the latest uh, Mac OS betas and they run the latest Xcode. And it's not even like they run them okay, so we don't need to upgrade. It's not even like, well, no, let's not upgrade. We'll wait another year. I can get another year out of this. It's everyone's like they're saying, no, it's fine. I, I don't have to wait for things to compile. They compile reasonably fast. It's all it's all good. And so I think that is a, uh, a testament to how good the iMac is as a machine. And, you know, the 27-inch 5K screen, you still can't, you know, it's beautiful. It's the same one that the LG monitor that's an abomination that people plug their um, laptops into is. And it's overall, for the price we paid for them, for how good they are, those are amazing machines and possibly now have to go down to the best machine I've ever bought because that is, I think that's really impressive. Indeed. Well, congratulations to all the smart people at Apple. Because we were seriously considering, well, should we upgrade to uh, uh, iMac Pros? And it's like, I don't think we really need to, to be honest. And even when these machines do eventually die, and I think it's, I think realistically over the next year or two, these machines are more likely to die than become too slow. Um, so, you know, it's like, well, should we just, just get another one of these? Because they're like, you know, they're two grand, not five grand <laughs> or whatever it is. So, yeah. So just a big shout out. We've done a lot of moaning about Apple hardware over the, over the past few years, and I still think the laptops. Are, uh, I haven't tried the two thousand, the new sixteen inch, so I can't comment. But the you know the last generation of laptops were truly not great. Um, yeah, I am thinking maybe Apple were realizing that their hardware was lasting too long and people wasn't replacing it, which is why they put the crappy keyboards in so people had to. <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's just good marketing. <laughs> but there we go. But I just yeah, so I just want to credit where credit's due. Uh, although sadly for Apple, that means we're giving them no more money. So, <laughs> there you go, John. Speaking of which, if people want to give you money, where should they talk to you? Well, if they want to give me money, now uh, if they just want to lavish me with praise or or, or you know talk Olive me oil. with derisions, uh, then they can find me on the Twitter, where all all kind of you know good behaved conversation takes place, well behaved conversation takes place, uh, and where I'm Jembe, that's D J E M B E, like the West African drum. And Scotty, if they want to to congratulate you for a second episode in this new decade where you've been um, civil if not kind to me, where might they do that? Again, on Twitter as MacDevNet, where I don't check it all the time, but I check it regularly enough that I uh, it won't take me too long to realise I'm not responding very fast. <laughs> <laughs> so, or, of course, people can get hold of both of us by sending uh, uh, an email to feedback at iDeveloper.co. Well, John, it's been a pleasure, as always, uh, having a chat with you. Um, I'm in your time zone again next week. I, I, I'm so, preparing the runway um, with the candles and, and incense and fruit in a bowl. <laughs> We want photos for the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which means normally when we end up in the time zone, we totally manage to mess up not, and not record somehow. So hopefully we will do better next week. So thanks, everyone, for listening. And uh, until next time, you take care.